Good morning and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning. Uh, it's great to be uh, back on the on the new media show today. It's uh, it's spring. Things are springing and amazing things keep happening with uh, the podcasting market. It is. Uh, it is. It is. It is alive let's put it that way like yes like, you know people always ask me how are you and i always say well i'm vertical <laughs> so <laughs> I'm vertical, uh, above ground and awake today right yes. so uh vertical is always good and i think the uh, podcasting space is vertical with a with a more how should we say it uh, easterly or westerly trajectory <laughs> wow yes <laughs> so i made that up on the fly but uh, for everybody that's uh, just tuning into the new media show we want to welcome you of course, uh, we do something a little different today than I've done in the past, but we want you to get over to newmediashow.com and subscribe to the show, and uh, that's easy to do. There's a link right on the website. If you have comments on today's show, you can send it to rob at robgreenly.com or rob at spreakerright.com. Yeah, either one works great. And then uh, you can email me, todd at blueberry.com or geeknews at gmail.com. Way too many email addresses for people to remember but uh i had um just had a couple of things that really stuck out to me this week rob that uh i, I can actually talk about on facebook a little bit um but i've had my and it wasn't well it was unsolicited but it they weren't calling to talk specifically well they were uh talk specifically about raw voice blueberry but they're talking call to talk about the space as a whole um but i've had uh, some calls with silicon valley folks uh primarily investors from well a couple of well-known if, if i said the name on the show people would go oh, i know who, the, who they are um type of investment companies that are looking and i, I want to use the word broadly because i don't think they're just talking to me i think i'm the only one talking about it but uh they're they're interested. They've, they've got their checkbooks on the table and they're, they're talking about podcasting as, as an investment, potential investment angle. So I think what's really, really interesting about that, Todd, is uh, what potentially their, their focus is. And I think it might be, it might be a little bit of a surprise to some people, but those that are really um, know what's going on in the space probably wouldn't be right. It's yeah. more focused on content, right? Yeah, and then that was kind of the conversation, you know, because I'm not, and I told told him straight up front. I said, now just so we're clear, I'm not a content company, but I work with you know this bevy of content creators, and uh, um, you know, if you're looking to hire, uh, you know, acquire or invest in a company that's a you know primarily a content company, I said uh, I'm not it. I said, and then we talked about the pros and cons of you know creating content and how hard that is and you got winners and losers and but more than anything else i you know oftentimes and, and i've had these calls before and they come believe it or not this is about the time march april um they're kind of looking to see where companies are at and you know obviously they want to know uh, what you're doing dollar wise and uh, many of these investment firms have levels um and each one's different you know uh, the first company i talked to i'm you know i'm not even we're close uh from a revenue standpoint to be able to really 
because you know they they want to come in when a company well the one company at least they want to come in when a company was doing doing 10 to 15 million dollars in gross revenue a year and i'm like well that's not me <laughs> and uh they um and then they want to come in and write a big check they want to write a hundred million dollar check you know they, they don't want to come in and write some it's not even worth their time to write a small check um and a couple of the other uh, companies i talked to and the companies but investment groups they um a little a little bit low well let's say um 1.5 to 5 million is where they and, and they're looking for established business these aren't vcs well, maybe they have a VC arm at their firm, but these are folks that are coming in later. And I, you know, I'm, I'm saying, okay, are you looking for acquisitions? Are you looking for investments to get a piece of the pie? Are you looking for, um, you know, strategic uh, alignments? And you, and this round, it was mostly about not acquisitions, which it was for me was kind of uh i i like it when they say that because um i'd rather initially have a, an investor and uh, and come in with favorable terms and the um and also i think they're looking for the strategic, strategic alliance and one of the companies had invested in a major platform that we talk about a lot and i i was pretty blunt um <laughs> about my assessment of that group and um, and, and, and they were like, wow, you kind of say it the way it is. And I was like, well, <laughs> you, don't know me. you don't know me very well. Um, but no, it was in and, and, and they really they want to know your history, what you've done, what your revenue spread is, you know, how it's split. Uh, you know, they, they just ask those basic questions and they're, they're fact finding. And, you know, my caution in talking to these guys is and two is you can tell them too much because they can take that information. And if they're, you know, if you've given them something you consider potentially proprietary or, um, but you also have to be kind of frank, um, with them as well, but you, uh, you just have a, you know, and none of this was under NDA. This was, you know, they just say, Hey, can we call you and, and, and talk for 45 minutes? And, and that's what usually about 45 minutes to an hour is about what these calls last. So it's not a, short conversations pretty in depth yeah it's interesting that they're they're poking around i mean the truth and the reality of all that is that there's there's a very small number of companies in this space um that are generating anywhere near that kind of revenue um for them to be looking at right, right? um and then if they're not looking to fund any kind of content or technology um, startup companies at smaller levels, then then they're going to have a hard time finding places to put their money. Well, I'm not uh, saying, Rob, that they're not looking at the content piece. I just no, told... No, 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 the tech piece. Oh, right. They're oh, not they... looking at the tech piece, right? Is oh, they right? are looking at the tech piece. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. yeah. But, okay. you know, the, you know, but I told him, I says, I'm not a content company. <laughs> Why am I not a content company? I don't have the resources to be a content company. Yeah. You know, you come in and write a fat check. We can be, we, you know, we can have an arm, <laughs> you know, pretty quickly that would be on the content side. But that that's resources, people, cash yeah. and more cash <laughs> and more yeah. cash. 
you know, so you can do that. Well, if you think about it, there are very few companies in this space that are um, technology companies and content companies. Usually they, they tend to be one or the other more than the other. So um, it's, it's unusual to find a company. I think that the only one that really comes to mind right now um, is Midroll. Um, I would say that they've, and that's and they, only been a fairly recent phenomenon because they, bu- they bought the their tech and they bought it. They, they, they bought it. Yeah. They bought Stitcher. Right. And that is a pure tech company that yep. really is not a content, um, a content company. Um, though they have content on their platform and that was the big, uh, struggle that, that I had or that I saw it at, at, at podcast one, you know, they're, you know, when I was working there is that. <clears throat> they really didn't want to be a tech company. They wanted to be a content company. Yep. But yet they saw that they had to have good tech in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. So it's a struggle uh, with the orientation of who the, the owners are and who the, the, the management of the company, uh, what their skill sets are, what they know, uh, what they understand. Um, and, and it's just unusual to see tech and content together because, I mean, if you think about it, um, there's a division between Silicon Valley and Hollywood. And um, those worlds are a little bit like oil and water. Mm-hmm. They, the, the mental place and the skill levels uh, between those two worlds is pretty vast. I mean, I've, I've tried to live between those two worlds and it's, it can be very painful. It's not an easy place because uh, both sides speak a completely different language. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things, you know, they asked a couple of questions of me that I wasn't willing to answer. And, and I told him, I said, you know, the price to that answer, the price to me responding to that is uh, uh, we would have to have an NDA and there would have to be some mm-hmm. serious consideration that you're coming in to do an investment. I, I said, I'm, you know, I, I, I have the answer. I can tell you tell you right over my you know right now but uh you know that's that's the price of admission i'm not giving you that for free <laughs> so you know they were you know i've got some chuckles a couple of times in some of the calls but uh you know i, I think people are you know and these are serious serious dudes you know these are these are guys that have bannerhead titles on major companies you go to their website and you can you know go our team and it's like you know number three number four and we're not talking to the maybe a partner but we're talking to like right one layer below and um so so it's you know it's it's a it's an exciting thing I, you know i got a text i don't know if you got the same text uh from a uh influential listener um i, I got it last night at I, well, I think it was last night and um and it was involving a discussion around SoundCloud and uh, asking me some, you know, some questions about, you know, ser- you know, on a privately, but seriously, what, what do you think? And, um, you know, and it's probably something I'm willing to share here. And matter of fact, I had a little bit of a rant on it on my show on Thursday. It, it goes back again to talking about investment. And I just, sometimes I just, I slap myself, uh, uh, silly when I see some things going on, you, you know, uh, SoundCloud announced a 70 million investment loan. I, I'm, I, that was an interesting term and how they use that and, um, to, you know, really to keep them running. And I, uh, 
and there was something very, very telling in that announcement about them getting that that seventy million. They had a statement, and I and I posted it on. Uh, I, I pasted it on face. I think a podcast movement or on on one of the Facebook groups, and it basically said, um, "We might run out of money before December thirty first, two thousand seventeen. Um, we may not be able to continue." Uh, we may have to go and get more mon- uh, more investments. But here was the key thing. But we don't plan to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so either they think they're going to be profitable, which maybe they will be, or maybe they, don't, maybe they don't think they'll be able to get another round. This is around like, well, this wasn't even a round. This was a, a loan. It's a loan, yeah. I mean, that's the stage that they're at there. If they st- start getting more rounds from investors, they're going to have to dilute their existing investors. Well, well they're already diluted. They're on round F or something. Some insane I know, exactly. round. It's going to be diluted beyond the point of uh, what the, those in, other investors are going to be willing to accept. So I'm sure the $70 million loan, usually when a guy, when they come in and get a loan, usually um, the other investors have had to sign off on the loan and yep. the investors also know that the guy that loaned the money gets the money first. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then that's, that's, that's better than that investor losing his investment though. <clears throat> can't, I, I, <laughs> Generally. I, and someone will have to fact check me here, but I think they've got $320 million so far. So is, is SoundCloud worth $320 million? You know, I did some homework too. So I said, okay, you know, everyone, you know, we're, 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 there's, they got this whole hundred million users on their music side, right? Uh, that's what they claim. At least they've got a hundred MAU, hundred million monthly, a- monthly average users. And, um, percentage of them, they're trying to make pay, you know, for premium service. So whatever that number is. So I basically said, okay, how many active, podcasts do they have over there i know how many total because you know there's difference between total and active Mm -hmm. and um and i looked at their i did some just you know quick math looked at the number of uh um episodes that have been published or the number of shows that published a new episode in the last 90 days on soundcloud and i got that number and i multiplied it by their annual um annual fee for how much they charge for a service and they their podcast portion of their business is well if you look at from an investment standpoint one three hundredth from an investment standpoint of their business value now what is it in revenue uh i think they announced 21 million dollars in gross revenue or $21 million in profit. No, 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 no. $56 million. They had $21 million in loss, but they had $56 million in loss. Um, so they're generating 21, but they still lost 56. <laughs> so think about that number for a second. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's truly, um, you know, they burned 70 some million dollars, hence the $70 million loan um, in a year. So, if they're in in the years I could figure probably their their podcast portion of business is about one twentieth 
maybe maybe uh maybe three maybe three four maybe even five percent of their gross revenue is what I kind of just calculated in my head based on act. Now they probably got just a podcasters that have quit, so maybe that's five or six percent of their revenue. So what is that? It, you know, and of course you got cost of goods and you know, an actual what the delivery is, or you know, you got uh, gross and then cost of goods and what's the mean in there on on profitability. Um, that's a small sliver of their business, and I, I mean, you know, I'm talking a lot about SoundCloud, but a lot of podcasters over there. Mm-hmm. They better have a plan. Yeah, and they. They probably don't think that much about podcasting. I wouldn't think, is my guess. Well, if it's if it's one, <laughs> if it's if it's three four percent of your business total gross business annually, awful easy for say. Let's just drop that. Yeah, exactly. Easy. And let's say and let's say uh, a a a music label or a consolidation or a group of music labels by SoundCloud, well, the first thing they're going to kill is downloads. Right. And, and, and again, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see them go out of business. I don't want to see podcasters getting screwed. I, I can handle competition in the space. You know, that's, that's, but you know, I'm also like, okay, you know, strategically and behind the scenes, I'm like, do we need to plan for a catastrophe? Well, Todd, I mean, like you've said for many years, and those that that haven't been around the space for very long don't know this, but we've been we've played this story before. <sighs> we've seen it happen many times over the last thirteen years. Three days before uh, Christmas, one of them. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there is a history of this. It's not that we're just blowing smoke about this one. The, right. Th- this this would be the biggest one that's ever happened. Right. Um, actually. Um, and it may not happen, but it's also, it it's feeling kind of uncomfortable right now. Um, and, and you are gambling by staying there. Yeah, and, and, you know, and if you're, if you're happy there, that's fine, but just, just have a plan, have a backup plan. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's all true. you got to do is that's be true. prepared as something goes down that you got to move. But another thing that, you know, I looked at too was the number of high volume shows, the high volume shows over there. They're getting a hell of a deal. Oh, my God. There's some shows over there that they do some massive numbers. So, and, and they're paying 100 whatever it is, a, a year for the service. <laughs> and I'm thinking, those folks are the ones that should be scared because the relatively small independent content creators, they can come to Libsyn, they come to you guys, they can come to us, they can go to... Uh, you know, any of the competitors on the list yeah. and very easily transition and probably within about a day, 24, 48 hours, be squared away. But if one of these top tier, top 10 shows that are hosting their media over there has to move and they come to me and I'm going to be like, uh, how much bandwidth you used last month? You know, um, okay, that'll be $5,200 a, y- a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, that little, uh, money that you just spent over there uh they they're, they're getting a, an incredible deal so you know they they call me and they want to move that that's a different bill because <laughs> i have to make money i have to you know i have to I, and, 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 and we don't 
you know, I'm, I'm not greedy. <laughs> but I can't have a, a, a podcaster that comes in that's a commercial show <laughs> that's running advertising in their podcast that are doing uh, 200,000 downloads an episode <laughs> come in and say, uh, hey, we want your $12 account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. You know. And, the, and that... <laughs> That unfortunately is a little bit of a danger in in the podcast hosting platforms. Putting it out there, they have unlimited bandwidth, so it's. Uh, we do have a disclaimer for pro shows. Uh, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. there is a reasonable limit to that. Well, you know, well, that's that's you know, it's not necessarily true, Rob, because I've got uh, you know independent podcasters that I truly consider independent that are moving you know twenty, thirty, forty terabytes. <laughs> of traffic a month, you know, and you, yeah. you, you, that's where you, you know, that's the business I'm in. I understand that risk. So, uh, um, it, you know, well, it, it mean, is what it is. <laughs> I mean, let's be frank about it. It's the, it, it is the smaller shows that, that keep hosting platforms alive. Oh, for um, sure. And, for sure. and going, and then those, those tend to make up for the bigger shows. Right. Um, so you do have a little bit of balance there. I mean, but, that is the reality of the hosting business is yeah. that you, you have to play that game. SoundCloud yeah. plays that game. Uh, everybody in this Everyone space does. plays that game. Yeah. So, so if you have a popular show and you're, you're still only paying $12 a month, um, you're taking advantage of the scale That's and right. the, the platform's ability to, uh, have many small shows. Too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and, and, and usually the big shows know, you know, they, they don't even try. They just call and say, okay, what's your pricing? <laughs> well, you if know. they're, they're really effectively monetizing yeah, it, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a big deal right, to, right. to do that, you know, but there still are a certain amount of networks and things that are out there trying to get free sure. hosting and, and still be able to sell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and what we found too is that, um, you know, sometimes I'll just say, okay, just, you know, become an active affiliate and, uh, you know, and promote, you know, be on our affiliate program and promote it in your show. And, you know, that will, you know, oftentimes that, that pays their hosting bill, you know, being able to do it that way too. So, um, you know, there, there's ways around, but, you know, gotten a little bit deep in the weeds here, but, um, you know, they, they when SoundCloud board, their director or management or however it was termed, has a growing concern that they can continue to do business. And, and, I, and I, it must be because they, they have, you know, private companies don't have to say that. So maybe this is because of where they're located. They have, maybe that's a law in their country. They have to make that disclosure. But normally you only hear that from people that are on like the New York Stock Exchange and so forth, uh, where you see these growing concerns that continue to do business as a statement. But they're making that, as, as I'm assuming they're, it appears to me they're still privately held. So, well, with a lot of investors, but the country they're in must make them make, make that statement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so a lot of money is potentially coming in this space. And for the average podcaster, what does that mean for you? Well, my, you know, as I was discussing with those, you know, on those three different calls, and they, you know, they, they asked a question, what would you do? You know, what would you do with, this cash and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I've got a, um, shovel ready. That's, you know, that's a term left over from the Obama years. I have a, tr a shovel ready project <laughs> or projects, on my board that, uh, 
you know, that are shovel ready that uh, I just need the resources and the people and the time. And uh, I said that list is extensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, um, every company does, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody has that list of things that they want to get to over the next two years or the next uh, six months or whatever that is is difficult to get to. But, but also, Todd, I mean, it's great to have money, but it also – um, it takes time to hire people. It right, takes time right, to right. organize those people. Mm-hmm. It takes time to get them structured working on projects. Yep. yep. Um, it's, it, it's, it's not just because somebody writes you a check, all, right. all of a sudden you're able to do things. Yeah. It, there's a ramp up period. And yeah. also that, you know, and as I told the guys, I said, uh, um, you know, I'm not under any pressure. <laughs> I said yeah. that, you know, the terms of a deal would have to be pretty remarkable. You know, I'd have to have some very favorable terms. You know, I, I, I'm not in a, I'm, you know, we're profitable. I'm not in a fire sale situation. We're yeah. not under yeah, not duress. Desperate. I'm not desperate. You know, if I find the right partner, the right strategic alliances, the, you know, if you have a, you come with a, a big enough check and not want a, you know, a, an incredibly large percentage. Um, you know, proportional percentage is fine, but, uh, you know, let's talk, show me the money, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a process. So even if you, you know, some of the deals come together very quickly when people get investment cause they want in, they want in now. Yeah. And that kind of happened with someone that we know, a radio company that bought into a, a business that you were involved in in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yes. yes. You know, yes. that deal came together real quick. Yeah. In my understanding, at least. Yeah. And, but, but Todd, to, to change the subject sure. a little bit, um, it does seem to be that the podcasting articles keep coming and coming yeah. and coming. Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. They're, they're definitely talk, a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I talked to a couple of, um, journalists this week that were doing some articles and and um good that you you're know, talking a lot to of them. the same what's that good that you're talking to them yeah giving them some ground truth instead of the bullshit some of these journalists have put out yeah i mean this this particular fellow that i talked to um i just kind of laid it out to him straight i mean i mean he was doing an article on kind of um podcast discovery Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, you know, I think he's a pretty fairly well-informed, um, guy himself. Right. Um, but, but I don't know with most of the people he talks to, I'm, I, I'm not sure that he's always getting what the, what the truth is, what the reality is. Cause I, I painted a picture to him that, um, you have to be very skeptical when you talk to, to people, um, just generally, and I think he knows this because he's kind of kind of a journalist type of a guy. Um, that there isn't some agenda there. Agenda. Um, yes, some agenda that that skews the conversation towards towards a particular company uh, or a particular technology versus covering the topic from a broad perspective and and being more inclusive of a solution or the problem from a broad perspective. Um, I mean, I mean, you, we're continuing to see articles come out that are that are focused on a a particular company that has a particular <laughs> magic solution to some particular 
problem that uh, is questionable, right? So it's uh, it's it's relentless. I'll just put it to you that way. So uh, what what was his? So without saying that company's name, what the perspective you get you gave him? What was the? How did he how did he take your criticism? I think he. Well, it wasn't so much criticism other than just a, a, a warning. It was just, you know, this is what uh, is going on in the podcasting space. And I talked to another journalist that uh, um, had, had, had mentioned um, some things in an article that was written that, you know, just aren't really correct about what, you know, what's going on in the podcasting space and, and it's just a misunderstanding or something like that. And I think that the, and, but I mean, all these people have good intentions at heart. It's just that when they're, they're new and they don't really have a, a historical perspective on these things, um, they, they tend to write things that are, um, based on what they're being told, not what, their experiences or, and oftentimes they don't talk to the right people that have that knowledge that can share that with them. I know this is like a, you know, I feel like I'm kicking a dead horse here, um, (laughs) on this topic because we, we talk about this almost every week. Yeah. Um, the journalist should listen to this show. Yeah. If you have a journalist friend, you know, this, this show is where they should come (laughs) to get straight talk with, uh, with agendas too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some agendas there. I mean, I mean, I talk to folks, I mean, really, really my only agenda is that I'm very upfront about is, is that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer in live streaming. So, uh, on, on, especially on the audio side, but uh, you know, you and I both do shows that are live and, yeah. and so it's always been a big part of the podcasting space, but that's really my only agenda. I, I just want people to, to understand what's really going on. You know, it, it, it just seems like there's just so much spin out there that takes people off in the wrong directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we, we should probably talk about the, this week is, is social media marketing world. Yeah. Uh, and a yeah. lot of, a lot of podcast chatter coming out of the social media marketing world. Yeah. And there's a lot of podcasters down there. Yeah. Too. One of my favorite people was on a, 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 a podcast track talking about how to make money in podcasting. Oh, really now? <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I will just, uh, you can make money in podcasting. Yes, you can. Yes, but. <laughs> but there was there a, a but there, right? But there's, there's a great, there was great sessions at Social Media Marketing World. So you know, truly, I think there were, no. you know, but I, I saw one individual on a panel and it just immediately made me go <coughs> and threw up my throat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, but so what, what was your, what was your, I'm not, I'm not going to say who, who that was <laughs> because it could, could be any number of a couple of people. Right. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, I would Francesco from Spreaker is down there. Did he go? Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's been writing notes 
in a Slack channel about his experiences down there. Oh, so uh, do tell, do tell what, what, what you shouldn't have said it was him because now we'll know who to attribute it to. You could have got away with this, Rob, by saying I had someone there that was telling me some stuff. So anything generally you can share from Francesco? Well, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> just in a general sense, uh, people go to that conference and think that they can they can build a business um, and have podcasting be its you know the core of that business of you know selling books and content and, and it's social media marketing world right most people that go to that conference are folks that want to use social media and podcasting to promote whatever um, pr- professional product or service or mastermind that they want to oh, please uh, don't say that to, word to push on the world <laughs> <laughs> that that word is banned from this show <laughs> <laughs> Well, Todd it, Todd, it depends on what the context of the uh, conversation is about it. I'm not yeah, promoting I, any I know, masterminds. Or tribe. <laughs> That's another thing. That's right. But it is a factor in the space. It, it is, is. It is. You know, it's, it's where a lot of people go to learn how to podcast. So. Well, you know, I, I guess I should go to the event one year. I have never been. Uh, a lot of people talk highly of it. I do understand it's a very highly produced show. And they did have the handful of podcasting tracks, so um, that was uh, you know it's good. It's you know, as long as people are learning about podcasting one way or the other, I, I really don't care. In the end, it's it's good for the it's good for the well, good for the space, you know, and um, helps us. So and so and we also got an email from a uh, a. A fantastic listener of the show that uh, raised some questions. I think you know who you know who I'm talking about yeah, too. The, yeah. Was asking about um, um, iTunes rankings oh. and and PodTrack rankings <laughs> and about uh, is there any I guess any mapping that anybody knows about that maps like the top five or the top twenty of iTunes around how, how many downloads of episodes. Um, are usually associated with those. And I, I believe someone at a, one of the conferences in the last couple of years presented some concepts around this, and I can't remember who it was. Um, but, like, is the top five, you know, uh, ranking in, in iTunes um, in, mapped at all to how many downloads they have or well, plays? Well, definitely a factor, but, you know, yeah. it's also a number of new subscribers. Yeah, it's a very complex algorithm. I I, I know, and I right shows I like mine, you know, my my tech show, beautiful audience, but you know, I'm nowhere near to be found in the, you exactly. know, and I have an audience that is incredible, you know, but yet it's because I don't have, according to iTunes, the right formula. Yeah, but, I, that iTunes ranking, um, it's been understood by many in the space for for a while to some degree it's not exactly understood because apple's got that a secret sauce but that it's it's highly um leveraged towards frequency and and um of i guess plays in a short window of time plays Mm -hmm. and subscriptions um so it's not going to be a ranking chart based on how big the show is right 
I mean, if you think about, it, I mean, a lot of the shows that pop up in the the top five, um, there's no way they could have a huge audience because they, they haven't been around that long. Right. So it just must be a factor of how quickly they are growing. Um, you, you know, and I've heard all kinds of formulas about it about. And to be honest with you, I don't even look. I can't yeah. tell you the last time I looked at the top 100 in iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm That's digging true. deeper, and I'm deep. I'm deep in deeper in a stack than that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and you know these, and, and some of those folks that are commenting, sending us email. You're welcome to come on the show. We'd love to have you on to talk about the podcasting space too. Yeah. So, speaking of which, we're going to have Dan Franks on, uh, I on the eighth. So that's uh, um. Okay. Saturday after next. So on uh, April 8th, he's going to come on. And yeah, I tried to get uh, Rocky from AdsWiz on, and she's on vacation with her family ah. today. So so maybe next week. Yeah, and a certain – matter of fact, I think, I think Rob McCracken is here in Hawaii right now. I haven't heard from him. We were supposed to do lunch or something, so maybe I got the dates mm-hmm. wrong. Okay, well, let's talk just a little bit about NAB. Because if any of you are going to NAB, um, and matter of fact, we got a nice write-up on Radio World. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe is this about the? Does it talk about the session? It does. So uh, it does. It does. Yeah, I didn't actually get get listen to that article because I didn't respond to the, the the journalist's email in time, and he'd yeah. already written the article. So so, so I got missed out on that. Oh, let me uh, see if I can bring this up. So it's on demand. Oh gosh, ad on demand is in demand. I like that. That was very catchy. He did a good job there. <laughs> on demand <laughs> is in demand. It's very very good. So uh, he brought in some Edison research data. Talk about consumer control. Um, the little quote he took um, from me. He says, and we've talked about this on the show. So this should not surprise anyone listening to this podcast. If you have kids, is an easy answer. And this is, they're talking to, we're talking to radio folks now, okay? If you have yeah. kids, it's an easy answer. And the question was, in particular, the younger audience prefers to listen to audio on demand rather than sit passively and let radio stations choose what to play to them. If your kids, it's an easy answer. Are they listening to the radio, said Todd Cochran of the podcasting company. As a radio person, you may be forcing it on them, but the youth and millennials have been trained for on demand with the DVR at home, he said, so they can listen to content the same way. And so he talks about, and then Rob Walsh gets a quote, and then uh, Rob says, the biggest thing radio station needs to know is podcasting exactly opposite of how radio works. And uh, Rob McCracken got a, a piece in here, too. He said, podcasters don't work under the regulations that broadcasters do, and they don't have to adhere to a broadcast clock. And it was pretty, pretty good. I think he did a nice job on the piece. But mm-hmm. more importantly, for those of you going to NAB, the bottom of the article has all of the sessions, and I was looking for a master list of the sessions. Yeah, it's actually online, so you can. But there was there's no, a link to it. There was yeah. no place that had all of it. I, well, at least if you find the link that has all the sessions, Rob, please send that to me because we want to start sharing that social. But um, yeah, I, I I pushed it out on Twitter. Okay, um, I'll, I'll look here. But um, there's going to be. Uh, our session today in podcasting, radio station guide to metrics, reach, distribution, monetization, looking and listening ahead. That's going to include how stuff works, ad whiz, New York, uh, 
Public Radio. And there's going to be practical podcasting with Seth the Wrestler. There's going to be podcast content that builds audience and sells. Speakers from Geller Media International, Camp, the PHP, Paris Hilton Podcast, and Financial Survival Network. I don't know who Geller Media Network is, but... Um, Valerie Geller. She's been on this show before. Oh, okay, okay. I know who that is now. Uh, Roadmap to Revenue, the multiple ways a radio station can monetize a podcast. So they're doing this in partnership with the Radio Advertising Bureau. I kind of think that's a weird one. I don't know. if they, Do they really understand how you can monetize podcasts and finger food and networking light lunch fair and intimate discussions on podcasting so really yeah, i've w- spent time with uh, those folks at past events and they're all about radio advertising they're they're not experts on podcast advertising so i mean maybe they've been educating themselves and yeah. maybe i'm wrong so five sessions including this luncheon dealio so starting at 10.30 on Wednesday, April 26th, and leading all the way up to, not too late, 2 p.m., um, we get an hour, Yeah, which is amazing. Well, we're the lead-off session yeah. for the whole, yeah. whole podcasting track. So if you're going to be at NAB, it does, you do have to have a conference pass, but like I said on the last show, if you're there and we might be able to sneak a few people in without conference passes, um, so, you know, send Rob and I an email and say, I want to go, but I don't have a, I just have a, maybe, maybe only have an exhibit floor pass. Uh, we'll see if we can get you a, a pass for maybe one of the sessions or something, or you get in one session and don't leave the room. <laughs> hey Todd, I'll, I'll, um, tweet a link to that, uh, oh, that the, listing. The full stack. <clears throat> yeah. So I'll send it directly to you. Okay. That's cool. And it is here. And those that are listening, if you go to my Twitter account, you'll find it there as well. Um, and it lists all of the, the sessions all on an online thing that you can click in and find out who the speakers are and what the topics are. So, Rob, we talked a little bit earlier about making money in podcasting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will never show you um, anything they'll say what they earn, but they really don't provide any viable proof. Um, yeah, I'm going to flash something. I'm taking away the, it is possible. I don't know if that went into focus. It is possible to make money in podcasting. Was that blurry? Could you could you uh, read it? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty blurry. You, uh, you kept moving it too much. You couldn't <laughs> see it, so you have to hold it up. Okay. Well, anyway, um, hold it steady there. I think it what there was probably like uh, four four figures there. I think there was five. Five figures. There. Yeah. Okay. So you know you can you can and that was a great month. <laughs> you can make uh, money in podcasting. So you know it is possible. Um, you just have to work hard and do it a long time. And and I don't do that to brag, but I'm just, you know, it's it's possible. But it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, it really is. It's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So. Yes, that is true. Over many years of effort on, right on, my on part. your part. Yeah. Yes. And like I tell my audience, the sponsors keep the lights on and keep my family fed and the insurance paid. So, 
insurance paid. Well, you know, the life stuff, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and that insurance thing is, is a pretty important thing in the world right now, isn't it? Yeah. The health insurance thing. Yeah, there's yes. no, no change in health insurance right now. So uh, it is what yeah. it is. Yes. People are stuck with the ever-increasing cost. Well, I think that was going to happen either way. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it yeah. sucks, but yeah. um, anyway, the uh, until 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 healthcare costs themselves get under control, it's going to keep rising. Someone was telling me, uh, well, they got universal health care in Japan. I'm like, yeah, they do, uh, and it's oh, it's just it must be it's wonderful. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well let me tell you about Japanese healthcare. Uh, from 20 to the time you retire, you it is mandatory that every person that is of taxpaying age pay um, an annual fee into the government of tax um, that is uh, equivalent to about $5,200 a year <laughs> that you shall pay. Oh, and if you're out of a job or you um, are, are under rough times, don't worry. They'll let you pay that back later, but you will pay it back. <laughs> um, everyone does get to be seen of course you can go to the doctor at any time they have to see you but doctors also in Japan get to determine your treatment regimen and if you're too old and they think that you the chemo is not going to help you get too much further down the road you won't get chemo <laughs> so yeah they have universal health care but it doesn't mean you're going to get uh, depending on your age and you know <laughs> yeah. so they yeah. Yeah, it, there's a there's plus and minuses to every system. That, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's all, no perfect system. Yeah, and if, oh, and it's not it's not uh, uh, voluntary. It's mandatory. A family member has to stay with the member in the hospital. And they have to help them with the sheets and change their clothes and and get them to the bathroom. And you there you have to be there twenty four seven. It's not a the nurse does this. The family member does this. So. It's a much different approach to healthcare, which, you know, in some instances it's better, but in some instances it's not. So knowing this, I, because we've been through three or four rounds of elderly folks at the hospital in Japan. Todd, did you know that, uh, that a podcasting's lack of diversity, uh, might be a tech problem. <laughs> Lack of diversity might be a tech problem. That's that's pretty racial to say that. Isn't yeah, that's, a, that's 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 pretty There's an article that there's an article that, that was put out about podcasting that has that as its uh headline. Uh, that's that's seriously insulting. And, and what yeah. they what they're saying is is that people that aren't white are too stupid to do podcasting. That's what they're saying in that article. Well, that's what the that's what the headline implies. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Does the article back that title up? It's an article that's related to podcasting platform Audio Boom. Okay. So if you go to pod to pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can see that article. Oh up there. yeah, there it is. Who put this yeah. out? Oh my God! I would never write that title. Yeah. It says it's no secret that podcasts are primarily consumed by white upper middle class audiences. 
said Stuart Last, COO of Audio Boom. Well, I, I don't know where they get their information. The podcasting space is pretty diverse. Pretty, yeah. And I think it has a pretty diverse listening audience, too. Yeah. But to, to write that title the way you have is, that is, you know, wow. Wow. Just can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. The need to either figure the need to either figure out discovery. There we go again. People bitching about discovery, yeah. or simply to de- uh, develop more diverse programs is becoming more pressing. Thanks to rising number of podcast listeners. Okay. Um, oh God. It says it says Audio Boom's own survey backs this up. Thirty-one percent of informed minorities polled think that finding undiscovered podcast talent host producers would lead to be um, would lead to be diverse listeners I don't understand what they're saying there but anyway hmm said that uh, they're just one percent of African Americans report listening to podcasts on a daily basis 30 percent think using technology to boost the ease of discovering diverse podcasts would help solve the issue hmm you know if you're listening to a podcast, how do you know if the person's white, black, Asian? How do you know? How do you even, have, how do you even yeah, know? I agree. I don't know how you would know. Uh, that And to say that you could would also be a little stereotypical too. Maybe you would, maybe some mannerisms or something would be said in the show that would give you an indication. Yeah. But, and, and don't, and maybe I, I was, I fired up a podcast, not a podcast, a YouTube video, um, that was linked to a topic that I like and didn't know who the guy was at all. And he was doing a, um, a demo. So I didn't see the person's picture. And when he got done, and, and basically he came on camera for the few guys, I was like, wow, I, I didn't even, it would have had no clue, you know, how you picture what a person looks like? Yeah. And it was one of those yeah, situations where, whoa, whoa, you know, I wouldn't even have realized. So there's a, it, it, to me, it's just, that's, huh, podcast surfacing software could be at fault. So a slightly larger number of our respondents had a different idea. Also, according to the report, among U.S. minorities who believe that podcasts can be made more mainstream to a diverse audience, 34% think using technology to boost the ease of discovering diverse podcasts could help solve the issue. Well, this whole article is a false narrative to their – it just doesn't so are there's they, nothing in here that really screams of anything that the article is about. Okay, so are they pushing them towards audio boom and they have some sort of discovery engine? Is that what the solution is at the end? I don't even see a real real solution. You know, it's just and a, there's Audible's Eric Newsom is quoted <laughs> all over this article too. And by the way, Audible doesn't even have podcasts, by the way. You can't subscribe to them. They say they're doing podcasting, but... Again, Audible is not doing podcasting. They're doing audio content. They're they're <laughs> pretty much their whole team are um, former radio people. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, I wouldn't even want to be mentioned in this article. No. This is this is bad news. 
So, and you know, and, and we've come a long way. In the early days, the space was pretty white. But... And, more, and male. And male, right. But, it, we, it, you know, you look at uh, PodFest, you, oh, yeah. it, it was like, you know, it was like uh, vegetable soup. You know, there well, was, it's, 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 it's what America looks right. like. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, maybe it's not exactly the same percentages as what, what the census would show, but it's sure getting there. I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of, and I don't even like to use the word minorities anymore because, you know, I don't yeah. even, I don't even look at that shade of gray. It's like, I live in Hawaii, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, it's you know, I'm a minority in Hawaii. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> think it's it's really an issue that no. needs to be uh, even even con- be concerned about. Uh, I mean, it's taking care of itself. I yeah. mean, and it's not the contents there. More of it's coming out from all sectors of of the demographic scale out there. Well, speak, and, speaking uh, of which, yeah. in, on the Huffington Post, Hispanic broadcasters launch a podcast in American politics called In the Thick. It launched in February in response to basically what's going on in the immigration space with the um, undocumented folks in the U.S. And it yeah. talks about, um, so they're, they're doing a political show that speaks out against the Trump organization, the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a, a podcast um, that's getting some mainstream publicity. Uh, obviously yeah. on a left-leaning website, but that's okay. They're getting some, some, uh, some, some major exposure. But did you read the Onion article? And of course, we know the Onion is a very, very serious digital. Satire. <laughs> <laughs> it's all satire, Todd. Yeah. So the headline off the Onion was: 250 million Americans still need guests on their podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for many years, that was the joke in the comedians community right with a podcast too is that they were all on everybody else's podcast they still are they still are yeah that's right (laughs) nothing has changed but the best article of all i have to say and i you know i had some connection to this is how chris jericho learned podcasting from adam carolla oh oh, really that's that's the top news article of the week Oh, so tell us about that. So how did you have something to be involved in that? Well, I used to work on both of those podcasts. That's the, um, and Chris, Chris Jericho was the host of the, um, the, the, the infamous, uh, podcast awards a few years back as you might Right. Recall. Yes, he was. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he was. Oh, speaking yeah, of these, which. I, all these things come f- full circle. I got to see the new podcast award site. Did you now? Yeah, I, I did. And I actually got into the admin and uh, started updating uh, documents and wrote the new rules. So, uh, I'm, you know, they got a lot of work yet to do. And I, you know, my, I call it my STR, my software trouble report list. Uh, 
from them was about uh, 20 lines. So, you know, they, they've got some work to do, but if everything, you know, knock on wood, um, we're going to have everything kind of, well, the stuff we need to have ready on May 1st will be ready on May 1st. Some of the other stuff, there may be still some coding going on behind scenes, but um, we hope to reveal everything on, on May 1st. So, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it, I, 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 it, it's not a hundred percent where I want it to be, but it's, uh, where I could get with the budget that I had. <laughs> it's awesome so, though, Todd. Yeah. So, uh, um, anyway, well, considering that, that, uh, that awards was basically dead well, six months ago. Yeah. And, and, right? and, and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But the rules have been completely rewritten, but, uh, as I've said already, no more voting. Um, but there will be uh, a combination of folks that will get to vote, but uh, we'll we'll disclose how that's going to happen uh, when we release the site on May first. I'm going to get shit no matter what. I can't win. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Just expect it. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's just coming. a matter of time. Yeah. Hey, the the other article that I see um, that popped up this week is from Mr. James Cridlin, your favorite. Uh, radiologist. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? what uh, I, I think we there was a discussion about that somewhere. What, what was the title of that? Uh, the next audio distribution mechanism, Facebook Messenger. I don't know why that's on a uh, podcasting news list, but hmm. uh, I'll say that again. The next audio distribution mechanism. I don't know why anybody would ever use the word mechanism. Um, that's uh, probably Face- platform. So we're going to better- so we're going to send audio over Facebook Messenger. We're going to spam people on Facebook with audio clips. I guess that's that's what James Cridlin thinks is the next big thing. I'm sure that's going to work out well. Yes, <laughs> but Todd, it's 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 another broadcast platform, right? Uh huh pushing content on the people, which is what the radio industry likes to do. Forcing people to take things. James, right? James doesn't like me too much. I don't think and I've actually had James on my speaker live show in, in the past. I did an interview with him. I, I believe back in Atlanta, uh, I was back with, uh, this is about a year and a half ago. He says so. he explained the ABCs. And I guess this must be in Australia. He's doing a lot of stories about Australia. He said the ABC's use of Messenger is not just another hooked-up RSS feed blasting news alerts out to users. There's a different tone of voice for ABC News on Facebook Messenger. It's different because it's a different medium, he said to me. The <sighs> ABC News Facebook Messenger experience is more conventional and friendly in style than traditional bulletins or articles. I don't get anything from companies on Facebook Messenger. I get messages from friends, potential clients. I don't get email or I don't get blast on messenger from yeah. groups. Yeah. I don't. And it, I think if you did, you would, uh, you would turn it off instantly. Yeah. They would get banned. Yeah. It's, it, this is not something that's going to happen, uh, of any consequence. It's going to get any traction at all. They also talk about WhatsApp um, as a, as a possible place to do this as well. I just don't see it. Um, these messaging platforms are personal communications platforms. They, they are not no. distribution platforms. I, I agree. They were never designed for that. 
it just it's just it's just weird yeah yeah it is hmm. what it takes to make here's what it takes to make it uh, <laughs> what it takes to make it as a financially successful podcaster and that's interesting people have so many definitions of this and uh a lot of people that do podcasts are not in it to make money you know yeah. they're into to share information and then if they make some money that's great well, they do it to support their other businesses. They yeah. do it to, to, to do, you know, it's a hobby. Yeah. Um, there's a, most podcasters, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a real, I don't know what the percentage taught of podcasts that actually are being monetized by advertising, but I, I don't think it's that high of a percentage. I, I would probably guess that it's a thousand or 2000 shows. And what's the percentage of that? Uh, probably two and a half percent. No, no, I think it, I think total, a thousand. Oh, total, of the total, total, yeah, total podcast. Yeah, space one or, maybe one or two percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also goes to show, and it's part of the discussion I had with the investors on how much money's being left on the table. Oh, and, from from shows that are not being monetized right, today. They could be, yeah. yeah. The other ninety-eight or ninety-five percent that uh, should be able to earn some money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. You know. I, you know. I mean, this is a common thing that we hear out of radio folks is that they're used to pushing content onto people, mm-hmm. um, and it's and that's that's what radio does, and that's what radio has always done. So, you know, it's the hammer and the nail thing. If you're, you know, you're always looking for a way to, 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 uh, have kind of scarcity and push content on, on, onto people. And I think that's, that's what a lot of them don't understand about podcasting is that it's not really podcasting is not a push to audience medium. It's a pull to audience medium. The audience opts in. That's a key word there. Opts in. Yes, it's not a, you know, turn on the radio and they're blasted whatever you, the content uh, creator, wants to deliver to them. Right. The audience is in control. And this is all about, this messenger thing is all about the audience not being in control. And that's what's, that. that's why it's not going to work. Well, I'll be honest with you, there's, um, for those of you that are using Slack at all, um, the pod to pod Slack channel has been pretty good. If you want to stay abreast all week long of what's going on in the podcasting space, the team over there has been really, really good about digging out articles on podcasting. And I don't think anyone's doing it better than them. So you get the full scope plus podcast playlist that you may want to listen to. So, um, it's, it's, easy to join you just go to podpod.slack.com and request uh and they'll add you you can come in and join the conversation or just be a lurker Um, but uh there's typically some pretty good stuff in there from day to day do you know can you add that to your uh client software yeah yeah you can you sure can I've I've got it uh you know, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Slack channels I'm in. 
<sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm in quite a few as well. Um, so is that a? Don't you have to enter a password? Well, no. you have to. Yeah, you 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 have yeah. to. So, first of all, you you do pod to pod dot slack dot com, and I, I don't know if it auto adds you or if you if they have to approve you. But once you do, then you can add it to the Slack app, either you're on the okay. desktop or on your phone. Yeah. And for those of you not using Slack and you're part of an organization, man, game changer. I can't even tell you how much less. I mean, email is, for me is, you know, down here, and it's just so easy. It's a very, it's just a chat thing. It's with tools and it's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I use it all the time too. I just haven't joined this pod to pod Slack group yet. Right. There. So I, and, and, yeah, and I wasn't I, sure how to do it and with these guys. I will caution folks too. Um, something that came to our notice this week and I, I won't say who, but when you are looking at premium plugins and uh, and that premium plugin is going to, uh, it's a podcasting associated premium plugin when it's going to cost you X number of dollars per month, uh, please make sure that you reach out and ask for um, some uh, basically reviews or someone that's using it already to, to determine how well it's working. Um, well, Todd, why don't you explain what that exactly is? That's so, not PowerPress. No, no. So some people do, um, some people create premium plugins that you have to pay for. They're not available uh, open source on on WordPress. So, okay. okay, you're not talking about specifically podcasting plugins or are you? Uh, well, we're talking about plugins that are associated will do will help podcasters provide specific tools i don't want to say exactly what because gotcha. if i do i'm going to reveal who the the, the plugin gotcha. creator is but if you're paying for a premium plugin any premium plugin ask for testimonies and reviews of people currently using the podcast plug to be and that you're going to pay for to make sure that it actually works and does what it says it does and it integrates with your platform, so it's not going to screw you up. Um, so uh, we spent uh, all day Friday, well, not all day, most of the day Friday, helping a podcaster uh, unjigger uh, their, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, instead of unscrew up <laughs> their website because of a, a plugin run a file and it's a premium plugin and it's it's not even yet resolved at this time so just make sure that if you're going to be using a, a some premium plugin and you're paying for it um, and you're paying big dollars for it that it does uh, what it says it's going to do and not take your podcast offline hey Todd I still haven't seen how to get into that that, that Slack channel group for I mean, is it a closed group? It is a closed group. So you have to, re you know, you sign up for it and then it will add you. So you go, you go to pod to pod. I'm entering it here in my dot slack dot com. Yeah. I think you have to be added to their list of, of people. And so do you have to reach out to Matt? So no, to, no, you go ahead and you sign in and then yeah. I think they have to approve you. 
So you enter okay. your email address, and you have to, um, if you don't have a password, they're going to, you have to create an account. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, at least that's my understanding, unless someone can tell me otherwise in the chat, if that's different. Uh, but uh, once you sign in. Yeah, because uh, I've got two different accounts in Slack. So I have one for. Yeah, and you can, in, in the app, you can use multiple passwords. So oh, you can. Okay. You can, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, they've got uh, Joe's Playlist, Podcast Advice, Podcast News, Podcast Tech, talk about the pod, pod, podcast. So, you know, there's plenty of discussions going on there. So how many people are in that group? Uh, I don't know if I can, can, you see I the, know if I can tell if there is or the not. The um, Let me put direct message up and let's see. Is there a way to tell? I need to just kind of scroll through the list. Yeah. I, I don't think they're all here. Yeah, these are people I've started to direct messages with. But oh, I don't think that's the Those full. are a recent conversations. Yeah, list. yeah. So I don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many are on the list. There's there's a, a fair number of people um, that are in. So yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to tell me people are in the list. You know, I'll shoot an email to to Joe or or Matt. I think you just uh, request to go in and you get approved. So at least that was my okay. understanding. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, so you know what's what's happening on your guys' side, Rob? Anything anything new? Um. Well, I mean, at least on on my side this week, I've been talking a lot about dynamic ad insertion. Oh. I I covered that on my my speaker live show this week, and also ha had to talk about podcast discovery since that was a hot topic in my world this past week. Um, there's there continues to be people out there saying that there's this big podcast discovery problem. <laughs> And I'm trying to I'm trying to dissuade people that that is as big a problem as it's being made into. And it is um, not, or is? Yeah, it's not. It's not as big of a problem as that people are making it out to be. Um, and and you have to wonder why it's being made out to be that way. I mean, I mean, obviously there's there's two sides to that conversation. There's those that um, have podcasts that are 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 not doing well and not growing. Those people tend to think there's a podcast discovery problem. Um, and then there's others that, that from a listener, are they really thinking about it from a listener perspective? I mean, let's, let's be frank about it. How do people find podcasts today? That'll tell you if there's a podcast discovery problem. Um, people find out podcasts by doing keyword searches in podcast listening platforms. Um, sure. There can be some improvements, to search algorithms in uh, various podcast apps and listening platforms. I mean, uh, writing a really good search engine as part of your platform is not necessarily an easy thing. Um, I, I would say that from my experience, that that would be probably the number one thing that could be improved in most platforms mm -hmm. is just the, the ability to, to do good searches, keyword searches, to discover um, the title, the, the name of the host and to even get into searching um, data in the metadata of of different shows and episodes 
Um, but, but Rob, you, that, you, but Rob, I, you have to get the podcasters to write good show notes to have well, good search right. results. That's right. But you know, but the conversation is is not about this typically. It's not about you know just making improvements, incremental improvements to existing platforms. What the conversation is always about is some advanced technology that's gonna <laughs> gonna make recommendations to people for what they're gonna want to listen to as their their magic solution to this discovery problem. And you know, let's just say what it is, Todd, and you chime in on this too. Podcasting is a word of mouth discovery medium. It's been that way for years. I'm not saying that that's the necessarily always the primary way people find shows, but um, if it's a good show, people will tell other people about it. And, and another thing too, is you can, and it's, I, I think that's true. I think that's pr primarily the discovery method for most shows, but, um, you can help yourself. <laughs> and I've, you know, I've yeah. talked about this many, many times, but you know, it's search engine optimization, uh, right? And you know, you know that, and not only that, but also, your show optimization for your feed. Um, yeah. There was a, oh, as a matter of fact, we should talk about this. <laughs> uh, I got a, I got a juicy one here for you. So the, well, let me back up. Um, on the Power Press podcast on Friday that was released on March 24th, um, Mackenzie had Mike Dell and Angelo on the show. Angelo's piece comes in near the end. They, they talk about the infinite dial stuff and along with the normal topics. But at the end, uh, Angelo talks about the difference between web and podcasting SEO, specifically within our plugin. Um, and that if you're a PowerPress user or if you have a, um, if you want to understand from a technical standpoint, what's happening and where your advantage is in optimizing your feed, please listen to that, at least that portion of that episode. And it's over at powerpresspodcast.com. But what has been announced by Google, I got to see if I can find this link. Google made an announcement. This is huge. And, um, what they have said, let me see if I can find it. Uh, crap, where's the link? I passed it in. I'm, of course, now I'm looking in Slack. Did I give it to him direct? Oh, I hate this. But Google has come out with guidelines. Uh, they're going to start um, essentially making it easier for podcasts to be found in Google search results. And there's certain things that you have to, certain metadata that you have to have on your website. Oh my God, I got to find this. Um, certain metadata that you have to have in your feed. Um, in order to take advantage of these Google search results. And where the shit is this? Every time I should have had this in a threaded conversation because we had a very lengthy discussion about this on, uh, maybe I can, I can find it. Let me go over to all threads and review. 
because I think it'll be over there. Oh, man, I can't find it. But any, I'll, I'll find it, and I'll see if I can get it in the show notes. But Google has basically said, this is what you need to have on your blog. This is what you need to have in your header. This is what you need to have in your feed so that when someone searches for your show, we'll put a player on the Google search results. This is new. They will actually put a player where people could play your podcast right within uh, the Google search results. And uh, Yeah, so who's doing that? Google. Google is doing it. Okay. Okay. Let me, okay. I I found it. Let me bring it up. So. So you have to have your RSS feed formatted in a certain way for them to tap into this or something? Let me, okay. So here it is. Here's the thing. You can enable your podcast appear in Google search results along with individual episode descriptions and an embedded player for each. So here's what it's going to look like. If you look on the right hand side, this is a search result for. Daphne's Zebra podcast. This is an example. And it shows the player right in the Google search results. Yeah. Um, and it talks about what you have to have in your feed specifically and the specific podcast tags that you have to have and the individual that you have to have on the header of your of your website. Um, specific stuff for on your homepage and stuff that needs to that the Google bot will use to um, to basically index. Now this and and Robbie, this is major, and here's a, a big reason why. This and you, you, okay, Rob, I gotta show your expression here. <laughs> Because you're gonna smile because Todd's gonna get on his soapbox. The Uh-oh. new Google, the new Google searching indexing podcast feed vindicates two two things that I've been preaching for about ten years, twelve years, thirteen years. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> okay. And this is something Blueberry preaches. The feed is part of your podcast website. Number one, the feed for your podcast. So some podcast hosts <laughs> have their podcasters yeah. create a separate feed for Google Play, for iTunes. This is now going to come back and haunt them. Because podcasters that create separate feeds for Google Play, from iTunes, um, it's going to screw them in the search feature. The feed's not tied to your website is also not going to be good for podcasters as well. So you're going to drive traffic back to your provider, <laughs> not your site. And this is this is big. <laughs> and Google has just put the hammer down. So and it, I shouldn't have opened this Pandora's box. No, just kidding. No, this is serious. <laughs> I know it is. So if you if it's in, in order, if you don't care about Google search, it's about discovery. <laughs> um, but it only appears in Google's search app. Okay, not Google.com right now. Oh, those scoundrels. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's it's a, it's in the app. But what are people doing now? And they're in the app, right? There's always a catch. Yes, there is yes. a catch. 
So it's this applies to not Google, you know, the website searches, only the searching in the app. <laughs> but, you know, if you use the Google search app, um, version 6.5 or higher, um, or on Google Home as well, uh, you're going to get this these specific results. But you have to meet the criteria that they lay out in this developer search doc um, in order to make this happen. And uh, if your feed is with someone else and it's, uh, you're not going to be able to take advantage of this. <laughs> but it isn't uh, like you're not going to be able to be um, found no. and played. Right? No, you'll be able so. to be, well, not directly in the search result app. Yeah. Only. Oh, really? Okay. Well, if you are, if you meet their criteria, your episode will be right there in the search results and they can just click play. Yeah. So that, you know, that's, and again, let me see if I can bring this up so you can see it. But what happens when Google starts implementing this on their, you know, Google.com search All results. their search areas, right? All right. Well, then why isn't this mapped to Google Play music podcasts that's 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 curious to me i'm not saying that that's what i would prefer i'm just mm -hmm. saying that I'm, I'm amazed that google hasn't uh put those two pieces together here yeah well if you want your podcast to appear in google play you should also read the google play music podcast rss feed specifications <clears throat> yeah the rss specifications for google play music and google search are complementary but not identical so if you enable support for one you neither prevent nor enable support for the other that's the important part in this right it's right up here Todd, you know i've i've noticed that the platforms that have the world's longest urls are google play music <laughs> and an audio boom with their rss feeds there's like five line i mean if you were to cut and paste it in there it's like five wraps well, um, also, there's a lot of services that are using the service provider's email as the contact email in the RSS feed. <laughs> there's probably... Been, yeah, it's been going on for a long time. I mean, a lot of podcasters don't fill out all the metadata either. There's probably 40 or 50,000 um, you know, or 50, shows that are the email goes to some Dropbox at some company. Uh, SoundCloud's yeah. the biggest abuser, but you can, well, you, you can fix that. Well, I mean, that. a lot of, I mean, Todd, a lot of that blame goes to the content creator, the, the podcaster, because they don't, I mean, we see this on Spreaker all the time. People don't fill out the metadata. Wow. They don't put their email addresses in there. So, so, I mean, we have to make a choice. Do we not put anything in there or do it, we put right. something in there? Right. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's behooden of you to make sure that all your metadata is filled out. And if you're worried about spam, then get a throwaway email address that you check daily. And p people aren't scanning RSS feeds to pick up email addresses. Oh, yes. Because, they, uh, some, are they really? Well, common? you know, it's usually opportunist. I mean, isn't there a history of those email addresses or those feeds not having reliable email addresses in them? <laughs> uh, well, like I said, if you're going to have an email address in your RSS feed, make sure you check it daily because this is how Apple and how Google and these yeah, services are Google. Gonna, this is how especially they're going to contact you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that, go, that's one re, that's one key reason to, to to make it up. That's how Google Play Music lets you know that you've been accepted into their catalog. But this goes back to how one feed for your podcast and having the podcast on your website is critically important, at least in this new Google announcement. And yeah. it's very, very clear. Uh, so anyway, Todd, it's my Todd, did you see this, uh, this article that was put up by Stephen Goldstein? Um, why many radio station podcasts underperform? Did you see this? I article? saw the title. I didn't read it. <laughs> that's, that's kind of interesting. Just, just that little tidbit. So what's the, what's the reader's digest version of this? What did the, he say? Um, it says here, um, let's see, what's the bottom line here? Um, I'm trying to find the summary here, but what he's basically saying is that radio has this concept of, um, tune in and tune out mm-hmm. kind of thing going on. Uh, and a lot of radio stations have been struggling to make a transition over to, to podcasting because if you think about it, they're, they're creating content in a completely different form, right? People are, they create content on what's called quarter hour, um, segments, uh, or quartile. What's the, what's the exact term that's used? Um, I'm not a radio uh, guy. Yeah. It's like every 15 minutes or something like that. The, it says, um, um, they, they will have a stop break, right? So they have commercial, commercial breaks like every quarter, quarter hour is right. what they usually do. So you have content segments that are being, being produced. And because radio has such a heavy advertising load in there, um, there, it's difficult for them to have continuity of content, right? But, but there is four hour radio shows, right? So how does a radio station or a syndicator, uh, podcast, a four-hour radio show that's broken up in into you know uh, four different segments uh, with uh, what probably sixteen to eighteen minutes of uh, advertising. Well, it doesn't. That format just doesn't work in podcasting, right? Right. So, what is what does a radio station do um, when their their listening format caters to uh, what's called a seek stop? Seek stop is what. Um, Steve talks about is that people are tuning in and tuning out constantly. People are getting in and out of the car. They're turning on the radio. They're changing the stations when the advertising starts playing because the advertising takes up, you know, each break is probably uh, four or five minutes of ads. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are tuning, changing stations all the time. Um, you know, how do you take contents that's produced like that? And put it put it out as a podcast. You know, I, I've been in the middle of that world somewhat working at Podcast One. Uh, oftentimes, what they'll do is that they'll, they'll take a, a two-hour show. They'll they'll cut all the ads out of it because a lot of the ads on the radio side just don't fit with podcasting. And so they wind up with um, two 40, 42-minute um, um, show episodes each day or each week, um, and and that's all great and, and everything. And how people listen to podcasts is from beginning to end. How people listen to radio is people are coming in and out of it all the time. The, the, there is no beginning or end 
really in radio. It's just, it's always playing, right? Right. So, I mean, a lot of their, their, and the point of his article really is, is to create segmented or show clips, um, as your solution. So it takes us back to this commentary that, that's existed in the radio business for a long time is that, well, you're creating segmented audio. You're doing interviews in this segment. And then the next segment after the commercial break, you're doing another piece of content. So just put those out, each of those segments out, which are typically probably 13 to 14 minute pieces of content, put them out as separate episodes. And that, that's your solution to the problem. The challenge yeah. of the, the the ones that are actively doing it too, though, you got to think about this. Um, if you dump too much into the feed at one time, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work. So you have to. Um, if you've got so you got five drive days, you got three or four hours of drive, maybe five to eight, five to nine, most drive. And you probably got easy. Uh, 10 segments per day that you could put out. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's where the programming director has to go back and say, okay, uh, of these 10, uh, what three are the best and what three should we put out today? Um, because if you put too much out yeah. and, and then to make sure you're publishing, take that extra and feed that Saturday and Sunday, you know, and you, and you got to spread it out too. Don't put them all up at once. You know, have a yeah. publishing schedule that's spread out. But they make too much content, Rob, is what they actually do. Yeah, and it's it's not really necessarily always are relevant. And, and the examples that they're using are they're they're modeling after uh, like late night TV shows that have right. different segments. Yeah that they do or skits or something like that, you know, that, that they'll do, that they'll push out on that's, social media. And so that's their example that they're using to justify this approach. Um, that's the and, advice I give. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I mean, how many of these short clips are you going to put out that people are really right. going to listen to? You, you know, I think that's the bigger, I mean, that's so different from what podcasting is all about. Podcasting is a longer form I hate to say it, but it is. You look at the most popular shows, they're 40 to 60 minutes long. So one um, thing they could do, um, you know, and I, I again, I, I don't know. This is a, this is a programming in some, but this has to do post-production. This is a full-time employee's job to, you know, resegment content together and maybe even get the talent to um, do transition clips. Yeah. But, you know, most talent at radio stations, when their their shift's up, they're out of there. They don't get paid yeah. enough to hang around. Most of them have another job somewhere. Yeah, I just, you know, I know that the recommendation that I've been making to the radio stations is you got to, you know, you have to do a certain amount of original content here. You can't just repurpose your, your broadcast stuff. Um, I just don't think it's going to play that well. Um, uh, unless you format your your broadcast shows to be under a little different format for the first, you know, 50 to 60 minutes of the show. Um, you just make it a little lighter on the commercial load <clears throat> for the first 50 minutes of Rob, your show. Rob, Rob, Yeah. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> the GM right? will like, dude, do you want us to work here? 
exactly. Exactly. And it's not going to happen. So that's, that's the, you know, and I know that th these are topics that we're going to have to figure out and make recommendations to down and down at the NAB because th these are going to be the issues that all those GMs are facing. Isn't it a beautiful thing? We don't have to deal with that. We can do whatever we want. We don't have to. Yeah. yeah we don't being, have to. Being a podcaster <laughs> panel down there, they're going to be looking to us to solve their problem here. Yeah. Well, and, it, they're, you and, know, and they're, they're creative. You know, if they're going to spend, you know, the, it's e either you go the cheap way and do segments or you spend some money and build some original content. And, and I'm going to tell you, most of GMs are not, not going to create original content. I think that. No, it's too expensive for them. Too right? expensive. Yeah. Well, you know, one, one quote in here that's really, really, really indicative of the challenge as well as the opportunity that the radio folks has that, that Steve put in his article is the average radio listener misses 80% 80, 80 of his favorite morning talk show each day. Wow. Um, you know, so what does that tell you? That tells you that those radio shows really don't have that great of a listener base if they're missing 80% of their show. Huh. Uh, well, people are 20 minutes. They're in the car for 20 minutes. You get in the car, yeah. the radio's on for 20 minutes, and they then drives four hours, you know, or three hours. So in Hawaii, it's closer to four. And, and his comment, too, is, uh, but lazy slapping it up on the Internet long form <laughs> ignores the intrinsic differences between podcasts and commercial radio. Um I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that, but and you know, in, in some drive, you know, it depends on, and there's a difference in drive too. You've got talk station drive or jock drive, and I'm going to tell you, those are w way, 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 way different uh, drive yeah. segments. And usually, talk drive, the host will spend an hour on a specific topic. He'll, he'll talk about it. He'll bring in a guest. He'll do listener calls. And get uh, twenty minutes or twenty-five or thirty minutes of content and thirty minutes of commercials, and but a jock will do um, record, 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 uh, seven minutes of talking with someone, uh, record, record, you know, ad, 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 record, record. You know, they're not just, uh, you know, that, and, and maybe even the talk segments even shorter. Uh, maybe the talk segments, uh, you know, the length of a you know, couple of singles, three six minutes, and they're out. Uh, well, you can't really, I don't think you can really podcast a music station. No, it, no, no, you can't. But It doesn't even make sense. But there's different yeah. kinds of drive. You know, if, if you're listening to the same, if, if any of you are listening to drive, please search around on drive. Go to different stations on FM and listen to drive. Some uh, drive stations don't even do any talk. Uh, some do. So, you you know, and some has a personality in the morning and it's, a, you know, maybe two or three people punning off each other, some comedians or something. So, you know, drive, depending on the station and in the, in the format of the content is completely different. If you listen to talk drive, it's, uh, you know, the local guy talking about local politics or, you know, the pothole in the road or whatever it may be. And where the jock is, you know, maybe talking about the the band that's come in to play at the local uh um, you know, drinking uh, or, or wherever they may have a big event or what uh, car dealer they're going to be in that weekend, come by and get some stickers and some cash. 
you know, that, that kind of a thing. Well, Todd, also, I think one of the limiting factors of why a lot of these, um, you know, these talk stations like, like you're talking about, um, um, have a hard time with podcasting is that a lot of what they do is, is, um, time sensitive, right? So they're pushing out content that's very, very sensitive to what's happening that hour, uh, or that part of the the day in that particular city that they're in. Oh, they're- and by the time it makes it into the podcast feed, it's not very relevant anymore. Um, people have moved on. These, one of the companies that we're working with down south, they have a dedicated team that are clipping. Um, and they are, you know, they're actively clipping content and, you know, it's, it's same day being posted, you know, within an hour of the original broadcast. It's, it's out as a podcast segment. So, you know, and then the, the, the team that's on the radio is a, you know, make sure you go over to the website and subscribe to the podcast. We've got, you know, they're actively promoting, um, you know, on the show that this, you know, if you miss a segment on so-and-so, you know, check it out. It'll be a, a podcast segment up. So, you know, they can, they've got the biggest megaphone to their audience. So they, they can call, tell their audience like we do. What do we do? Hey, at the beginning of the show, we tell everybody where to go subscribe, you know, how to contact yeah. us and subscribe to the show. So yeah. they use their own megaphone if they're smart. And the biggest problem is a lot of these radio stations are not using their megaphone effectively to promote their podcast too. Yeah. And look at NPR, what they did, you know. Well, they're, they're, they're worried that it's going to cannibalize their, <laughs> yeah. uh, their, their radio listening. Okay, pace. go ahead. Don't do it. I mean, guess what? In yeah. 10 years. <laughs> it's not going to matter anyway. <laughs> we say that, but I was saying that 10 years ago about radio. But. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. Um, one of the very first articles, you know, f- for those that haven't been around a long time, one, one of the very first articles that came up and came out in Wired magazine, what back in 2005, Todd, I yeah, think was the early. time frame had a picture of a, of a, a radio s- sitting on a counter and with a bullet going through it and <laughs> podcasting is the future is going to kill radio. Um, that was what, 12 years ago. Well, it's uh, podcasting is not going to kill radio. Debt is. So, um, <laughs> you know, I hearten their balloon payments uh, that are coming due. Uh, one thing we should, uh, Rob, you and I should pull our uh, our meager uh, pennies together. And when iHeart's ready to dump some stations, maybe we can scoop up a, a couple of indie stations or something that iHeart's going to dump on the cheap. And uh, we can do 24-7 broadcasts of podcasts. <laughs> So, Todd, are you implying that I can I can go down and pick up a radio station for like a hundred bucks or something well, like that? Well, the, there's definitely going to be a fire sale when uh, iHeart <laughs> uh, has to, you know, make their twenty billion dollar payment that they can't make. So, because that's about all I would spend on a radio station <laughs> is about a hundred bucks. Well, for about a hundred bucks, you can build your own and have a pirate radio for the neighborhood. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. That's already being done. It's called low power FM. Yeah, well, you could do your own high power FM, but just have to have the transmitter in a car and move around so the FCC can't track you down. Um, but, but isn't it, isn't it beautiful that we just don't have to worry about those rules? This is this is yeah. why this space is going to continue to grow and expand. The future is bright. <laughs> It is. It's really it is. We, yeah, we we're yeah. under no constraints, and I That's can right. say every every swear word in the book. Now you won't like it, but I could 
I could cuss like a sailor my entire show and not get an FCC fine. Yeah, I yeah but is that going to always be that way, Todd? Yes, it is. There's no uh, way. There's no way. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And if someone tries okay. to regulate it, we'll move our podcast and host them offshore. <laughs> Todd's, Todd's Todd's hosting platform on a barge out in the middle of the ocean, right? You know, I can see it. Freedom of speech is, you know, it's freedom of speech is free, but you have to be careful about what you say. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Free to to be careful about what you say. Well, okay, you I can't you. say certain things because you'll end up in the pokey. The pokey being the slammer. So you know, Slammer or well, or at, even worse than that, maybe is you turn off your audience, right? Right, or have your door kicked in and or receive a summons in the mail from a, a legal firm. You know, you you, you know, freedom of speech is great. Um, you just yeah. have to be careful sometimes. All right, we are way long. Uh, yeah, we are. And okay. uh, today is soccer day, so uh, I'm going to be. Uh, going to a tournament so i have to load the car up and get ready for soccer all right well, everyone have fun with that yeah we've had uh i think we burned the audience out youtube's been good uh today uh facebook hasn't so everyone hung out with us on on youtube today which is it's just cool but right. uh don't forget we're at newmediashow.com forward slash live 9 a.m pacific on Saturday morning, if you want to join us uh, for the live show and, and, and inject your commentary. So uh, we want to hear from you. Those of you that don't uh, reach out, you can reach out to me, Todd, at Blueberry.com or follow me at Geek News. Rob? I can be found, uh, Rob, at RobGreenlee.com and uh, Rob at Spreaker.com. Todd, you're using a different camera. <clears throat> yeah, I changed the angle because my face was getting blasted by the sunlight, so I... Uh, I switched it. Okay. So, yeah, this light, I'm all washed out, but this camera is not as bad for... Interesting. Yeah. Or we can go this way, too. I can do that angle as well. Todd. So, yes, I don't use those cameras. I should start using those more. But how do you like my haircut, by the way? For those of you, great. For those of, great. For those of you that want to acquire this type of look, uh, you tell your barber, skin high, and you use a number eight... Uh, clipper on top, and that will get you this uh, beautiful look that I'm sporting right now. Uh, yep, skin high with a number eight clipper <laughs> on top. And for those of you that are uh, hair impaired, uh, that's the issue. Rob, you're not hair impaired, by the way. Not yet, anyway, but it's coming. Your daughter posted uh, something on Facebook the other day that caused me a double take. She is simply beautiful. Uh, <laughs> How you, you know, is you got to, how big is your shotgun you've got to protect her? <laughs> well, she's a big girl, so. Well, she's a, she's a, I'll redefine that. She's a tall, beautiful woman is what tall she is. Tall girl, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I mean, I'll just put it to you this way. She used to throw the discus and shot put in uh, high school. So. Yeah. So she's got some athletic abilities so i you know she had something posted something some party or something she was going to or whatever and i took a double take i was like gosh no wonder she's a model so yeah. uh yeah yeah she's actually look, looking at maybe moving to to new york so yeah we'll see she's got the look i'm telling you so yeah. uh good job on that i just 
man. That's all her. It's not me. I, I can't take much <laughs> well, credit. Well, you, you and mom did something right. Some <laughs> gene mix there was good. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, give her the best if you, if you talk to her soon. But And tell her to be safe out there. <laughs> Watch out for the weirdos. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Right. Hey, everyone. Thanks uh, so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the New Media Show. Everyone take care. See ya. Bye-bye. Care. Bye.